Welcome to The Dive. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you take away a lighter heart, a stronger sense of self and community, and a better understanding of who you are. We hope you're ready to dive into some topics with us and that you walk away feeling lighter, brighter, and ready to face the world. Let's dive in. <laughs> okay. He's really with this mic drop. Boom. Yep. Okay. Welcome to the dive. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to be discussing uh, the follow up of EMDR. What happens when you leave the therapist's couch? What comes next? We also talk about the commitment it takes to go to therapy, the hard work that comes during and after. Um, what happens when you come home and you need the quiet time for yourself? You are not selfish. That's what this whole thing is about, is you're not selfish because you want to make yourself well. We're going to talk a little bit about codependency, boundaries, carrying other people's shit that doesn't belong to us, you know all kinds of fun stuff. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy. Danny, and continuing our discussion about mental health and the things that we uh, both are dealing with and have dealt with, one of the things um, that you brought up while we were off air that we should maybe talk about is the EMDR and how the effects carry over, for lack of a better word, and relate when you're going home after your session. Yes. After you've had this very heavy, stressful, I mean, it relieves stress, but it's kind of stressful to do it too. Yes. At the same time. Um, and I, I don't know if yours, like, usually my session, it went so close to the time we, you know, that I would be finished that I could tell there were parts where she probably didn't want to cut me off because I was so in it. Mm -hmm. But we also still have to have time to wrap up and recenter. And I think sometimes I I would get so frazzled because I'm like, okay, now I have to pay and now I have to think about my next appointment. And I wasn't, you know, decompressing probably as intentionally as I should have. But, and I know we've talked about this, leaving there. Um, and when we talk about this, it's not to dissuade anybody from doing this. We're kind of given the prep that we wish we, we would have had yeah. to know what to expect. That if you're going to do this and commit to it, it is hard work. Therapy in general is hard. And a lot mm -hmm. of people give up and don't do it. And I was one of those. But this last time when I went, I, I was honest with her and said, I always quit. I go to two or three sessions and I'm done because it gets too real, too tough. But I'm not going to do that this time. I'm going to commit myself to doing this and mm -hmm. promise myself that even when it's hard, I'm going to do it. And EMDR while it did make things better, while you're doing that process, it is a lot. And it's hard to just switch back to regular life 
immediately, you know, because I was coming home to, okay, it's dinner time and kids and homework mm-hmm. and my husband. And it's the first time we're seeing each other since this morning. And I know I probably looked like, uh, uh, you know, and it took us a few times to where I like finally <laughs> was like, okay, okay I'm going to be honest. And I did. I told my kids, I said, because I think this is important. Um, I didn't want to hide it from them, what I was doing or where I was. Or And I said, mommy's going through some stuff and I'm going to talk to somebody about it. And because I would come home, they could tell I've been crying, you know. Right. And they're like, what's wrong, mommy? Yes. Why do you feel bad? Or don't, don't feel bad? Or yes. And, and sometimes actually to get healthy, you do have to feel bad. You have oh, to. You have to. Get down to that negative, get down into the bog, get in the yes. mire of it all. Oh, yes. You know, just get down in there and be sucked down in it for a while because then you're going to come out the other side. But right, our intention in this is to like, like people didn't tell me what to expect after. I mean, she kind of touched like you may have this afterwards or you right. may have that, but it wasn't very, I mean, yeah, it's, you're right. You just can okay, well, now I'm going to get in my car and drive home. Of course, I usually was sobbing. Me too. I'm trying to light a cigarette and yep. driving and crying at the same time. And when I would get home, I would just, I would just tell Donald, even before I went that morning, I'd say, I've got therapy tonight. When I get home, I need quiet. I need to be left alone. It's not a, um, for me, it wasn't really, I know that sounds terrible. Like I really wasn't, I didn't have children to consider. So I really wasn't considering how Donald might feel about it, you know, as my, my husband, but I was just like, I, I can't, I can't have hardly anything because my brain just felt so jumbled and strange and very, yes. Um, it was very nice for me to have quiet after my EMDR sessions when I got home, um, almost like when you have a migraine. Yes. Like where you just want it dark, you want to just be calm, you want to quiet down, try to quiet kind of like, what has my mind just been through? Because you've been yes. through some shit if you've yes. done this. And you feel, or at least I did, uh, displaced, like where, Completely. where is the line between the past, the present, what's going to happen tomorrow? I mean... And it took me a few times, but then I finally realized when I come home and the girls were settling down, getting ready for bed anyway, but I would tell Josh, once we got them settled, like, I, I can't talk about it. Cause I don't even know what to say right now. And I needed quiet too. I mean, didn't even want the TV on because for a little bit, you have to be awake and you're not in the reprocessing part. You've done the E, the M, and the D. Right. But the reprocess the reprocess happens when you're asleep. Yes. So the next day you wake up like, ooh, okay. It's a little quieter, you know, my body would just feel like it was buzzing on the inside that when I would finish those sessions. 
I would feel very, I recall feeling very hot and that might sound strange, but like certain parts, especially my stomach and my gut, which is oh. where I carry all my stress. It felt like a flame was just going to, and that was, the only. but I remember really trying to think about that. Like, okay, you need to acknowledge that even during yes. that session, but afterwards I just felt, oh, I would just be like, oh, just my stomach was a wreck. My stomach was a wreck and I felt um, kind of like an exposed nerve a little bit, like just raw, hypersensitive. Yes, yes. Oh, it's completely hypersensitive. I mean, to the point where Donald might just even say, hey, what are we eating for dinner? And I would burst into tears and run out of the room. Oh, yeah. And he's yes. like, what? What is happening? Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, is important that when you make this commitment to yourself, you're going to feel selfish. You're going to feel crazy. And you're going to okay. feel like, why am I doing this to myself and everybody that I live with? Mm -hmm. But the point is that when people love you and when you learn to truly love yourself and try and take care of yourself you you can't think of that as a negative it's gonna feel no. like that but you gotta say i'm not to the end yet i will get i'm in the middle i'm right in the nastiest parts of it mm -hmm. so me and deb will tell you that doing therapy is constant work it's not just while you're there it's when you leave, it's how you apply the stuff you learn about yourself. And I mean, there was so much I learned, like I had zero boundaries. That was a big thing for me. Um, I tried to control things that I had no control over. Mm -hmm. And then the things I did have control over, I let people tell me what I should do in those situations. It was like I had it backwards mm -hmm. completely. Control right. the things that I can't, but then what I do have a say in, no, you tell me what to do about it. I was a mess. Still yeah. am, but. <laughs> but we're making progress. Yes, yes. And as I always say, you know, it is a marathon. Th therapy is a marathon. I mean, you know, when I first started working on a lot of my issues, we're talking 15, 18 years ago. Now, I haven't been in therapy constantly that time, but, you know, I did a lot of group and a lot of individual about codependency, which is oh, definitely yeah. something oh. that I have driver, which has to do with Me boundaries, too. which has to do with what you can control. You know, you're trying to control of others. You're, you know, um, enabling of others and their behaviors, whether it's good or bad. You know, that comes into it. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, and then, and then it was some years I did that, you know, that I kind of take a little break because then I have to relate it to my life. Yes. I have to be able to you know, oh, here's this tool over here in the toolbox. Should I be using that instead of just instantly reacting or whatever it is you're doing? Now, of course, we're human and we don't always do the right thing, obviously, you know. Yes, but um, I learned through EMDR to not also not to beat myself up about stuff. 
Right. That was one of my big things was like, I always took the blame for oh. everything. Yes. Me I have to run around telling people I'm sorry about stuff oh. that I'm not had nothing to do with. Yes. You know, that I always was felt huge for me too, apologizing yes. when I truly had nothing to apologize for. If I'm mm -hmm. wrong, I will. I was just apologizing for, again, owning things that weren't mine. Right. Taking on other people's baggage mm -hmm. and, and just putting mine to the side. That was why I went right. to therapy. And then you have to remember too, even though we're both married and, you know, it's, it doesn't matter what kind of boundary you're drawing, whether it's negative or positive, nobody likes to be told boundaries. So right. when it comes to your spouse and you've come home from these really, or your partner, you know, you've come home from these really heavy therapy sessions, you know, even if you're telling them, you know, I need quiet, I need that, you know, sometimes they don't even react to that in a positive way because you're changing yourself, which means how they change how they're going to relate to you. Right. Yes. And people in general don't like boundaries or being told what to do. Right. I mean, it could be your mom that you live with and you come oh. home and say, you know, hey, I'm going through this. And your mom be like, whatever, stupid. You right. Know. So or, you I really want to talk to you about it. Do you need me no. to talk to you about it? No, I do, do not. I'm here for you to talk. You know, it could be coming from a good place from them, but just, you know, thank you, but not yet. Let me think of how I even feel about this first, then we can talk about it. Maybe, right. or you don't have to talk about your therapy with anybody either. You really don't, but I did no. with my husband quite often, not everything, but a lot of it I did. Um, my husband, and I've talked a lot more about my issues yeah. that I can be very honest about more so than the actual therapy and how I've gotten through them. Although we did talk about EMDR some because I thought it would be good for him from, for his traumatic life. Yes. You know, I've encouraged him to do that. And another thing and why we're on this forum, let's just go ahead and put it out there. Women seem much more accepting of going to therapy than men do. Yes. Let's bring I don't that have up. any, I don't have any stats on that. We I know. Look them and up. we aren't speaking for every woman and every man out there, but. In my experience. And most. What we're speaking from. And a lot of people I know, women will say, even if they don't want to necessarily, but the idea comes up of, oh, well, let's fix this. So this is a way we can fix it. Some people are downright insulted. And that's oh. beneath them to who's this person to tell me, you know, how I should handle my own life and how, well, but because oh, just like everybody else who has a specialty, they went to school for years and studied, <clears throat> you know, how to be objective and not pick sides like with couples therapy and stuff well with couples therapy i have a couple of great examples about that with my within my own family um a man and woman in my own family were married and they were going to couples therapy and she suggested you know some things aren't going great let's just try therapy let's just see what it's like well begrudgingly he agrees to go and they went to their first session which if, if you've been to therapy you know it's kind of just a basic what are you here for what are your issues what are we looking at surface you know, so, yes yeah, so level. they can so they can get an idea of what to do 
uh, the therapist can. And they, um, as they left their first time and my uncle said to my aunt, well, we, we won't be going back there. And she said, Oh my God, why not? And he said, well, did you see how messy his desk was? He can't teach me anything. His desk was a mess. He's obviously not an organized person and I'm an organized person. So I've got nothing to learn from him. Oh, okay. no. which is why, well, which is why they never worked successful at therapy because he really didn't want to be there, obviously. Yes. Because you wouldn't be making those judgments. And if you do make those judgments, one of the things I'm asking is instantly for you just to open your mind, just to sliver wider and go, you know what? Just because they're different than me doesn't mean I can't learn from them. No, if anything, I was going to say, because they're so different from me, I can I learn see from things them? in a way I'm clearly not seeing them. Like, Mm-hmm. See, I wouldn't judge a messy desk because my therapist <laughs> could walk out to my car and scream. So yeah. be like, oh my God, a mom car. Look at all these stuff oh, in here. Oh God. Not just them. <laughs> Which me. is fine. Yeah. Me, just me. Well, I now. Mean, <laughs> oh. Yeah. But but you I know, just, what I don't mean know. About I think over. a lot of men. Well, first of all, and again, not to be blanket statement people but I think maybe it's getting better but it's it's not always their fault I think men are raised to be strong be silent uh we don't get emotional that's for the women folk I mean Mm -hmm. I really do think that's taught you know if a boy falls and skins his knee all right get him get you know don't feel basically but a little girl does and it's oh oh it's okay you know Mm -hmm. I don't think that's fair and I think that does affect how you grow up to think about feelings well it definitely told not to well it definitely affects generations of people my age and the the next generation older than me which are the baby boomers because our parents I mean my dad was 88 when he passed away I mean he was you know and I'm 50 I was 55 and you know it he was an older father but still definitely his generation that World War II generation and those baby boomers were definitely taught that and my father taught that to my brother if I try to sit down and have a conversation with my brother about actual feelings and things from childhood it never turns out well yeah because you know he carries around a lot of anger and that was because he was never allowed to express himself as a young man as a little boy Mm-hmm. whose feelings were hurt or he wanted to play with the G.I. Joe, which was a doll. I mean, it was a boy yeah. doll, but, you know, my father, you know. Oh, that kind of stuff still I don't exists. Think, I mean, does it? Oh, I think it's better, but definitely. Of Why are you playing with that? You know, why not? I mean, does it matter? I, I just, but all of that does, I think, affect people in the long run. Oh, have guilt. You know, if a little boy is playing with something that's bringing him joy and he's behaving and, and and what does it matter? What, why are you going to layer on guilt and shame on top of something positive? And people do that. And people do that, which is, it's just, you know, like one of the 
you you keep adding that on and then you're keeping stuffing down the reel so yes. far that when you really do dive in it's if you don't peel it away slowly kind of which what emdr helped me kind of peel it away slowly it was a process rather than all of a sudden you're a pressure cooker because you buried it and buried it and buried it and trust oh. me it's going to fly out somewhere Oh, yeah. It's coming out. That's why I knew I had to go. I had stuffed it. There was no room. There was no room left to stuff anything else that, like you said, the littlest things, it was like the feather landing on, you know, the minefield. I mean, right. it, it was going to set it all off when it had Good no, analogy. no place to do that. But that's literally how it was. There was no space left. So right. I had to and go through and declutter it all, you know, and it's hard. It is very hard. But what I found coming on the other side or you know, much better than I was five years ago uh, mentally is I've also been able to discern more um, what's my baggage and what's not. Yes. And instead of picking up something that someone else's or carrying around that stuff. So I'm stuffing my stuff further down because I'm enabling and carrying this around. I've been able to say, you know what? That's not my suitcase. I'm going to set that down right there. And somebody's going to have to carry that suitcase because I'm no. carrying my own suitcases. I love and your analogy on that. It's really heavy and I don't need to carry anybody else's suitcase. And what I do for me personally, because I love gems I love gemstones. I love rocks. I love quartz. I love all that kind of stuff. Um, I carry in my pockets. You'll always find me with the rocks in my pockets or in my purse. And it, when I'm at home and I'm feeling that way, I have something tangible and I'll yes. pull out that rock and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to set that down right there because I'm good at sitting it down, running back over there and picking it up is the issue. Oh, yeah. Then I don't, then I go, no. And then it reminds me because I have a tangible for me personally. Yes. I have a tangible thing. Yes. And, and then I associate it with that. And I'm like, nope, that's not mine to carry. I'm not going to carry See, that. That's so good. I love when you always say, nope, I'm going to set that down. I'm like, oh, you're mm -hmm. so good about acknowledging that and saying, no, that's basically, nope. Make room for something else because I'm not yeah. dealing with this. That's not maybe, mine to deal with. Yeah. And what I'm trying to make room for is do, dealing with my own batshit crazy. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey. Because there's enough that's that to go right. around. <laughs> you know, we don't have to worry about somebody yeah, else. The fact, and we've <laughs> talked about this before, the fact that we think we can take on anybody else's with yeah. everything we're trying to sort through for ourselves speaks oh volumes about. <laughs> right. I mean, we've got enough on our own. We don't need anybody else's shit. Yet we're like, oh, yeah, I've got, I can make some room here. Uh -huh. Let me scoot this over. Yeah. It's just funny to me. But It is funny because that's what we tend to do. Yeah. So, you know, I, I am so much better than I was four or five years ago with that. Oh, me too. You no. Know, me too. With looking at some, you know, people that I'm very, uh, you know, my husband, who obviously I'm intimate with and just really, really close friends, you know, being able to listen more to their issues and think, oh, I don't need to really worry about this or, oh, I'm not going to take that on because their higher power and their God and their spirituality will guide them what they need to do, just like mine does me. Yes. 
And I just, I hope from all of this that hopefully we haven't, you know, turned you off if you were considering therapy before, or maybe you've never considered it. But point being that just like anything else in life, the harder you work at stuff, the better the outcome is. I think it's no different, whether it's your job, your kids, your family, your marriage, your friendships, whatever, the harder you work at it, the better it is. It does turn out better. And therapy is, it's for the work. I'm working hard on yourself, which for me, I guess that was the most difficult part was taking that time and going and sorting through all my own crap but it has helped me and I hope that more people are open to it I hope so too I mean even if we can help one person yeah by just by this podcast if one person goes you know what I've I've dealt with some shit for long enough and I want to try this EMDR or I want to go see a therapist that I can connect with on some kind of level then then great yes you know we're just saying it's not for the faint of heart no yeah (laughs) You got to be brave. We're we're warriors. Warriors, for sure. You got to be brave. And what more should you be brave about than your own sanity? Right. And your own mental health. And and how how you function in everyday life. You know, I was getting snappy and short and, and I would look at myself and go, now, I'm not why that did person. I just, why did I just speak? They didn't deserve that. And this is my issue. I got to get figured out because I don't want to be this person. I don't. It, it Being sick, it, it changes who you are and you have to make yourself better. Right. Because the better you are, and it sounds so cliche and corny, the better your relationships are going to be with everyone, Mm. your children, your husband, your partner, your best friend, your mom, your brother, your whoever. Yes. The better you are, the better the relationship is going to be because you take, if you're not healthy, then you're going to have unhealthy relationships. That's just the fact of the matter in my opinion. Yep. I agree. You know, and create more trouble where none needed to be. You know, because yeah, there's already enough. And I think we should say that um, with therapy and this one, I think is very hard. You know, me and you are big on self-criticism and mm. there's people who don't want to do. I mean, that's something that's kind of a flaw of ours is beat ourselves up you know blah, blah, yep. blah. that is a lot of therapy acknowledging your own peace in it and I will say there were moments in therapy for me where even I who I'm the first one to be like oh yeah that was me when she would say okay kind of call me out like when I wasn't expecting that you know what I mean like well but how did you react yeah. in that situation and it would be like it is hard but I think there's a lot of people who don't want to be called out for stuff you got to be willing 
to hear your part in things that you're not seeing. It's someone else listening and, and showing you, okay, maybe this is how this came across to someone. Maybe you didn't mean to, but that's the fact. Right, and maybe sometimes it's the fact that even though you might know, you've acted like a crazy person screaming and yelling and throwing chairs and flipping plants over and stuff, you might think, well, I had every right to do that. Well, really, even if you did have a right, let's just say the recesses of your mind, you feel like you've got some right. Do you really want to be the crazy person who's tearing the room up? Yes. Because I don't. That was a big right. thing for me. And I still struggle with that. I don't want to be the one who's torn the door off the hinges and crushed a chair. Yes. And and then you, you cause then, because I have to own my part in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the one yelling. No one yep. else is yelling. Yep. No one else is screaming, Deborah, yes. but you. I mean, that's because when, the, you know, that's the Hulk, the Hulk out <laughs> moment. Oh my God. Like, I don't even know what I'm then saying. Then you calm you back like, down and you look around like, ooh. Then you go clean up what you just broke. I was just going to say, me. great, more stuff to do. Yeah. And I created let, it. Yeah, let me go get this chair fixed. <laughs> let me get another bar stool out. Let me pick this plant up and sweep the dirt off the floor. I mean, five minutes later after you, I've just done this and I'm, I'm doing that, you know? Yes. And then, and then it does go right back into that thing. Well, you know, I, I called my therapist yesterday on the telephone because yeah. I had such a horrendous day on Friday with my personal life, my, my brother, my family, my, my husband, my work, everything. And I had, a t and I, I text my therapist Friday night and said, I, if I need to speak to you or I might run into traffic tomorrow. And she was like, okay, let's set it up for this time. Yeah. And I mean, I was talking to her and I was very honest with her because that's another thing I want to stress that you have to be able to be honest, even about your part in it. Who was screaming, yes. Deborah? Me. Who was tearing stuff up? That would be me. Okay. Yeah. What was the other part? What are the other parties doing? Well, they're not doing that. Right. So, so do you, you know, I know you don't want to be that person, but on the flip side of that is you're also human. You've made yes. a mistake. You have to go, okay, let me reset. Let me take a deep breath. Let me clean up this little area. Yes. And in doing so, cleaning up my mind and the clutter in my mind about what pushed me to that point. Yes. And that's a lot of it. You, you do have to be willing to look at your, not only your piece in it, but your piece in it, quite frankly, most of the time in my experience is negative. So you oh, have yeah. to be able to look at the negative part of it and go, no, you're, you're reacting in this negative way. Yes. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, whether you think you have you're entitled to crush a damn chair and flip a plan over or whatever, that's still a negative in general in the universe. You don't, th th that energy that I put out there spiritually, I don't want to put that out there. Yes, I agree. I don't either. But I don't always want to eat the shit either. So you have to find a happy medium. You have to kind of work for a happy medium. And that's one of the things that I mean by therapy is a, it's a constant, it's a process. You don't just go like four times, be like, oh, I'm perfectly healed. No, you're not. Right, right. <laughs> you know and people need to understand too it's not okay it's well I okay. guess I'll sign up for six sessions you think we can tie all this up and <laughs> wrap be done up. then like I, I went way longer than I thought 
was necessary. And I, I thought, woof, we aren't even, we aren't even, I mean, oh my God, I could be here forever, but that's okay. I learned so much. I don't even know. I was in such a dark place before I started going truly. And I'll try not to get emotional, but I- It's fine to be emotional. Literally, there was a part of me that thought, oh, it's just not, I can't anymore. I just can't. I wanted to give up. And we all know what that means. I literally was in such a bad place. And the people closest to me might not have even known it was that bad because I would cover it up how miserable I because was our inside. secrets keep us sick yes exactly exactly which is and why we're putting it out there now people yep. <laughs> yes don't keep yourself sick and well, I, assure, I assure you yeah I'm still sick I mean don't yeah. get me wrong it's not like I'm cured and I'm this you know <laughs> mental guru by for God's sake but see the um, blue kundalini when I'm doing the yoga no, yes. that's not happening to us no, the blue no, light's no. not happening yet <laughs> I don't mean Kmart special I'm talking about the light you see when you're meditating but yes I, I, I mean it, it is emotional and it is okay. And Danny, I think you're absolutely right. When I felt my worst, which I will be quite frank, has been during 2020, during this whole COVID pandemic. Last year, I had very dark places that I went to every couple of months. And I think that the people closest, you don't know that because we're just now getting to the point where, where we, like we say in our intro, that this is going to be studied for years. We're just now getting to the point where people will go, wow, we've been doing this eight months and my mental health's fucked up. Yes. You know, we're just now admitting it. Oh yeah. And so the people closest, you don't know that they think, oh, look how fabulous, you know, they're doing over there and they're working from home and they're doing this and they're working out and they're cooking and they're teaching their kids. And they're, when in your mind, you're going, I'm, it's, I wonder if you get hit by a car, if you die instantly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right out there. Oh God. <laughs> then you just think, and then you do think to yourself, oh my God, why? At least me, I think, oh my God, why am I having that thought? That's just not a normal thought that a, a, a healthy, well-adjusted person has. Oh no, it scares you when you have thoughts like that. Mm -hmm. Like when, not when it first comes out, but then a few seconds later, you're like, oh my God, oh, oh my God. was that me? Yeah, that was in my voice in my head <laughs> like mm -hmm. that was me I mean it is scary it is but we've all been there and maybe if anything and I hate that it had to be this way with everything that happened in 2020 but it's shown us so many flaws in the way we've all operated in every part of our life, it's shown where we've made mistakes. Amen. When we thought we were doing the normal thing. Mm -hmm. So now is the time. Um, what we knew as normal before will probably never exist again. So if we're starting fresh, why not start from a place that's just being more true to ourselves? You know, yes. going and forward. 
going forward and, and embracing ourselves and embracing our flaws and our secrets that, that, you know, nothing is so taboo that it can't be spoken about. This is the 21st century. Yes. We're allowed to tell somebody I have anxiety or you're allowed to tell someone I'm feeling really blue today. You know, um, I, I can't really put my finger on it, but I've, I'm having a day or whatever. Yeah. Or I've got the vapors, darling. I need to take to the bed. I mean, you're allowed <laughs> to have that. Yes. And you have to allow yourself. That's I mean, how I'm going to announce it from now on. I've got the vapors, uh. darling. <laughs> I've got the vapors. We need to I've, bring that back. We uh, Let's do. Yes. Part of your homework oh, assignment, people is fan. Yeah. You can, it's, you're allowed to have the vapors and take to the bed. It's completely okay. Yes. For God's sake. You know. Think of this year, I mean, this past year. And here's another point is how resilient we all are and adapt. We all just, it was survival mode of, oh, okay, okay, okay. Now that it's kind of become the new normal, like they keep saying, we've had a pause where it's like, whoa, whoa, oh my God where you can take in everything we've all done this last year. And that's when sometimes it, the effects sneak up on you. Right, you don't really even realize it's gonna be happening. And then all of a sudden you'll think, oh, huh. Well, I'm right in the middle of this terrible feeling or this negative feeling or this negative space. And you didn't feel that way earlier, but it is, it sneaks up like you, sometimes you may be pondering just, okay, I'm working at home for the first time and I'm doing homeschooling for the first time. And, you know, I'm with my partner 24 seven, who's also, you know, either working from home or been at home. And, you know, then you, you just add all these layers on and it does kind of sneak in because most of the time I feel like we've been in this about 10 months now. I think most of the time people are like, you know what, I'm rocking this. Yep. Killing this. I'm working. haven't lost my job. Yep. Still working from home, you know, uh, got through the first two months, which for me was the COVID drinking, which was out of control. Oh, oh. the whole summer was every night. I mean, and I'm not talking about we'd start at night, I'm talking about I'd start at noon at lunch, going to get cocktails and having them here at the house. Cause I was working at home. and was just a wreck and was, <coughs> excuse me, you know, much more, um, apt rather than to deal with it and to be voicing all those things because it was so new that I was just drinking over drinking a lot oh I was you too know. my liver's probably still processing well, some I, of the I damage I've is. done we talked about this my pickled <laughs> liver or <laughs> Our beef jerky livers. <laughs> Trust me, everybody I know pretty much. I have a note here of what we called it. I thought it was hilarious. Let me find it. Oh, find your note. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't pickled liver. It was prune. Oh, yeah. Pruned oh, liver. Yeah. Because they're beef dark. jerky liver. Yes. I don't doubt it all, at all, but I mean, it does kind of sneak up on you. So, you know, I am personally trying to be much more aware of what I'm actually feeling. And if I need those 1-800 numbers that your offices, everybody's offices, you know, 
or headspace or talk space or call this 1-800 number. Trust me, I'm using those. And I oh, think yeah. it's, it's at least where I feel turning the corner where we can talk about this uh, more honestly, you know, because yes. it's had why it's had some positive effects on all of us. I think it's also had some very negative effects on some of us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And let me also make a disclaimer about everything I've talked about. None of this would be possible without lots of medication that I'm currently on. <laughs> lots of medit lots of medication. Well, meditation I and medication, both. Yeah. Yeah. I do both. So those. that'll be a whole nother episode is how to get my meds right. Cause that's yeah. been a journey in itself also. Truly. And, we'll, and we probably, and, and, and that will play into what we're going to talk about on our next podcast with is, you know, the, the med, the meditation, the mysticism, the spirituality, how that's affected everyone. Yes. This year. And, and yeah, getting your meds right mean, can mean many things. Not only your medication, but yeah, meditating, quiet, just yes. having a little space for yourself, you Doing know, something you love being creative or be, all of that plays into it of anything how you take yeah. care of yourself oh completely yeah oh i have something i want to get to say okay so, yes. you know, hang on one second okay for the cause there a couple of things that i wanted to add and these are tools that i personally use um they may or may not be helpful to people but if they are awesome i um let me highlight here I, I am personally striving for balance in my life. I feel like I'm, I'm just looking, always looking for balance. Yes. So one of the things, one of my previous, I'll give her a shout out, Jennifer Humphreys, Millbrook, Alabama. Awesome, awesome therapist. I was with her for about six years. I learned so much off her. Joy says in my book, I have to mention her. And she always wanted me to make her skinny and blonde. But she was beautiful and done. everything about her. So yeah, I don't done. care. Jennifer Humphrey, she's amazing. So she gave me this chart. And we're talking almost 20 years ago. And I've used it off and on ever since. It's a little pie chart I've got here. Yep. And the categories are physical, social, intellectual, spiritual, and emotional. And what I do with this is I keep it for a week and I jot down, as you can see, I've jotted down little stuff in the, in the things. And then at the end of the week, I kind of look and go, huh, I didn't do anything intellectual this whole week. Ah. Or hmm, I didn't do anything physical at all this week. Hang that would be second. me every week. <laughs> so anyway, I find this very helpful for me personally, because as I said, like one of the things I'm striving for is balance. And one of the things I've added like in my, and, and things carry over. It doesn't have to yeah. be like, oh, this is in this category. I mean, it's nothing rigid about it or, you know, you can do it however you want. As a matter of fact, I just recently shared this with my cousin, Heather, who loves it, who's using it and says it's given her great um, health already. 
And, um, you know, like under intellectual, I had and emotional and social, I had the podcast that we're doing. Because to me, that hits all the categories. Maybe I've yes. been doing a lot of research for this. I'm learning new software, that kind of thing. Yes. So no, I just love that. I one love of the that. little tools that I um, love. Also, when I've had enough from everyone, I use this. <laughs> oh, the vow of silence. Hey, this one don't come I out. But hey, this doesn't come out of the bag a lot. Let me just say, as you can tell, I'm a talker. Love to laugh, love to have fun, love to chit chat with the girlfriends on the phone all day, ever since I was seven. So yes. this doesn't come out when this comes out. Oh, it's all it's a big deal. It is. It means that I am so overwhelmed in every aspect of my mentality that if I don't use this, I could just have one of the other slide that says breaking things. I think it just be. <laughs> silence or tear the room to shreds is what it should say because yes. that's eventually kind of how it you know how it works for me but you know I just I personally like using some little tools like that they help me uh stay on track but as I said I'm human and there's you know we need a new kitchen door right now on our cabinet where our classes are and that's okay yes that we'll happens get, We'll call the landlord and tell him that it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I don't know how the front of the door got ripped off. We are, the, we are just sitting there and it like. The cat. <laughs> I mean, the cat has learned to get on the counter <laughs> and she was doing something. I don't even, it's very odd. Yes. I don't I, know. We need some wood glue and a C clamp. I mean, uh, that's all I know. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but. See? As we laugh about it, we're human. You just yep. go on about your business. That's right. No, oh, I yeah. love those tools. Absolutely. For Thank me, um, I again, Deb's so much more organized than me to, to have this amazing thing I would love to do, but I would lose my sheet. I would, you know, forget which category I was supposed to be focusing on to balance myself. So <laughs> I would love, I wish I could use it. I really do. Cause I love that so much. Um, for me, it sounds silly, but some things that when it's too much and I'm sure, you know, some therapist out there would say, Oh, this has to do with your childhood. Well, I don't That's care. Okay. Most yeah. things do for me. Um, coloring sounds a lot of people are like oh that's so weird i'm telling you art therapy in some way or painting and i'm not good i'm not good at any of it but it feels good, good. and it shuts my mind up to just think about okay what color am i going to do this little area mm -hmm. stuff like that either being creative music huge oh I have so many categories and lists of for the mood I'm in. Me too. Kick this off. And maybe it's to get me out of a mood. Maybe it's to really hone in to the mood I'm in. Um, those kind of things always help me. And I know those are generic things, but I no, but I think they help everybody, Danny, because I too have a list. I mean, and as, as corny as it sounds. When I go to work every day from my dining room, which is basically where I'm at, um, the first thing I do is play Dolly Parton nine to five. 
Love it. Because it gears me up. It lets me know what's really is going on in the world. You know, you do all this work and who gets all the credit, but here we are, we're still going through it. And of course I do, I I mean, I have playlists for work. If I'm feeling anxious, I need to play this playlist. Oh yeah. If I'm feeling like, oh God, I'm so tired. I'm never going to get through this. Then I need to stand up and play this playlist. Oh yes. And me and and Deb, when we were at the office, we would email each other like, I got Beyonce on right now. Like... (laughs) Oh, honey, to the laugh, to the laugh. We send a link, like, turn it on. Turn Turn on the song right now. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Oh, yeah, I loved it, too. And it's times when we'd actually email each other, and I'd be, okay, I'm standing up with my headphones (laughs) on, just, I wonder if they'll send me home now. Like, I wonder if they're going to send me home, because it'd be, you could hear a mouse fart on cotton on the floor that I work on, and it'd just be real quiet. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I'd be like, <laughs> what was that? You know? And so oh, I love just, it. it'd be like, oh, maybe they'll send me home. I'm up dancing. And then there'd so. be times that, which I love, because when she said, she means it. She oh is God. up dancing oh out of cubicle. our little cubicle area. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish we worked on the same floor. When that, be, we oh, probably wouldn't have had our job. No, we'd be in trouble, but. Then I, if I would be in a, you know, down mood, I would send Deb some of the most depressing songs she's probably ever heard. Oh my God. Think of Everybody Hurts times three billion. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, and I'd be like, what a crawl under my desk. Like, just eat Cheetos and just, what's it matter anymore? Like, and then Deb would, you know, get me out of it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, yeah. And you do that sometimes. And sometimes I want to hear music that makes me cry. Oh, um, I'm very, sometimes I'll think, you know what, I'm going to put on this playlist and I'll listen to like three of the songs. And by the second stanza, the first song I'm in the chair slumped over, just sobbing. And yes. that's okay because it gets it out of you. Yeah. You know, and for and- me, that's really one of the few things um if I need to be in that place and I usually won't let myself but music totally brings that out in me so it's one of the ways I allow myself to feel that way and right and that's you don't feel alone because someone wrote this someone right put these melodies together that hit you I mean it it really is a universal thing We've talked about this too. Music, oh. 100% is a universal connection. and Right. And and one of the things your therapist might suggest to you, and mine did, thank you, God, uh, back to Jennifer, and when I was doing my EMDR, is to have therapy songs. To have songs that are kind of, you know, to kind of get you in the headspace that you need to be in to look inside yourself or the headspace you need to be in to celebrate all the great things you do for yourself yes, or, or anything like that, you know, and my, my, um, my therapy songs now change, change a lot. And sometimes, oh, yeah. they're, sometimes they're country and people are like, what? Cause they don't think of me as a country person, but yes. oh, some country music. Hey, that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, and one of them that I've been listening to, um, recently is a Darius record it's called beer and sunshine and it's all I, haven't I, heard that. 
I want to turn off the TV with all the negativity that's going on. All I want to do is drink a beer and sit in the sunshine. All I need to be happy is beer and sunshine. And I kind of think that way, especially when you're getting into the, we're getting into the crux of the start of winter where it's sun's barely out in the Midwest, but maybe one day a week, you know, it's gray all day long, you know, it makes me think of the summer and the future and hopefully being more, more social in person with people and all these kinds of things. Yes. So maybe that will help people too, you know, whatever your little trick is, is yours and you can own that too. You don't have to be, you know, just like I said, our secrets keep us sick. Well, things that help us heal, we don't have to hide that either. Right. You don't have to hide the fact that you journal or that you, you know, that you listen to music or that you, I just bought Play-Doh. Oh. I'm 57 years old. So what? I, love I just Play-Doh. have all this Play-Doh because that's, it's something I'm tactile. Yes, and I know that about myself. I'm not building anything that's fantastic. They're going to put in a damn art show. It's fucking Play-Doh. Exactly. But I love it and don't care. Yep. If I make a little smiley face with blue and pink, and that's all I do the whole day, it gave me some kind of joy. So yes. I just don't want people to think. You know, they have to be ashamed of not only their their illnesses, which we absolutely don't want because we want everyone to be healthier, including ourselves. You don't have to be ashamed of what makes you feel good. Yes, that's the whole thing. If it's spaghetti, then fucking eat spaghetti. Yeah, quit having to explain your joy. Quit having to... That's perfect, Danny. Come up with an excuse to, you know... Be joyful. Happy. Yeah. If squishing freaking Play-Doh on your kitchen counter is keeping you from going off on someone, hating yourself for two more minutes of the day, I mean, who can't do it? Get out the Play-Doh. That's what we're saying. That's exactly what we're saying. And that, you know, everybody should be doing more of that. And I think that you know, when I said the child, all the stuff I like to do is um, like stuff a kid would like to do. That's perfect. Why not? I think adults, that's one of our biggest flaws is that we forget what it was to just Almost have no been. excuses for being happy. Exactly. No, you just do stuff you want to do. And, that's and Danny, it. you said it perfectly just a few minutes ago don't feel like you have to explain to somebody your joy what brings you joy is nobody else's business it's yours to own just like you know Abraham Lincoln said I always think people are as happy as they choose to be well I do believe that to some extent you don't have to explain to somebody why you're happy or why you find joy in uh you know play-doh or spaghetti or music or plants or you know, carrying rocks around in your damn pocket like I do. I don't explain that to anybody. No. Because it's for me to own. Yes. And that's my wish for, you know, all you listeners out there. It's for you to own your own joy. And it's okay to be joyful even in these bullshit times. Yes. That's another thing. And you know what? Joy. And right now, I think a lot of people do. I have felt it like, well, God, I feel bad that I'm complaining about working from home when people lost their jobs and people are still having to go in every day, like my husband and a lot of guilt. And the flip side to that is 
no, there's also something in being grateful and happy for finding the positive things in your life and recognizing them. And that's okay too. I mean, it is okay, especially during these times. I think people, I mean, I think it's brought it much more to the forefront 2020 that it's okay to be happy even when there's negative things going on in the world. Yes. It's okay for you to, to love, to, you know, have a nice meal with your family and sit down at the dinner table. It's okay. Yes. And it should happen. I mean, because I will tell you, and I hope I've done this for you. Deb has done it for me. Lots of people in my life have done it for me when I'm not in a good place, but truly, if you let it, joy is absolutely contagious in the best oh, way no danielle absolutely makes me smile even when i don't want to smile and we'll do crazy stuff because we're really close you know like one time just out of the blue i told her don't ever t trust a woman in a bouffant <laughs> and she's just like what i'm like yes. tell you right now if she's got a bouffant hairdo you need to walk away Which, i mean just bouffants <laughs> are rare sightings in the wild these days <laughs> I, I, I wish i, I see one well i you know I'm going to try one. We, our next episode. I'm going to do an Amy Winehouse. Yes. Big. No, yes. I'm going to do it. Other than Amy Winehouse. I don't know if she I could have enough hair to do it, but I'm going to try. We say and then we're going to convince people to trust us after we just said don't trust. trust us. See, that's how silly we are. And it's okay to laugh. It's okay to find joy. We just, you know, you, do, you just don't have to explain it. Like Danny said, whatever brings you joy is fine because it is contagious. Laughter is the best medicine. It's cliche because it's true. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, when people are laughing, if you can't sit there, I'll even tell you right now, sometimes my husband, when we're smoking marijuana and he's in a real foul mood, I'm like, dude, you're, you're not smoking this pot, right? Or something. Cause you cannot possibly yes. be pissed when you're yes. this stoned. Something, <laughs> something, <laughs> yes. what happened? Are you not inhaling? Yes. Not Bill Clinton. I don't understand. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you can't be this mad when yeah. you're when you're smoking this good of marijuana that we're getting in st louis that's yes. all i know yet another gift from nature <laughs> another gift from nature yeah which which all plays into our next um the thing we're going to talk about next is going to be it's very it's nature to me because it's spirituality yes. nature is spiritual to me it's mysticism it's what brings you to your personal higher power, to your personal deity. It doesn't have to be, uh, we are very uh, lib, as you can tell on here, we're liberal people. Yes. I'm not saying it has to be God. You can call him God, you can call him Allah, you can call him plant, you can call him tree. You can, I don't care what you call Or her. Him. Or her. Or it. Or it, or thing, th yeah, whatever. whatever. We're just saying it doesn't have to be, that's one of the things we're going to delve into next time is how I feel like the positive of 2020, and I can't wait 10 years from now to read this in medical journals and especially in sociologist journals with sociology. I feel like I'm much more spiritual and connected than I was a year ago. And I've worked at home for 10 months. So I, I, I find that interesting. I, really I guarantee a lot of people feel like that. I, um, I'm glad I was working on it more than I had been in a long time, kind mm -hmm. of before this happened, because I needed it. I, I 
And it's something that I think everybody always feels like you should feel a little bit lost in your spirituality because yeah, nobody knows it means the that answer. it's not finished. It's, right. You're still and, growing. You're still yes. searching. You're still yes. looking. So when you come back for that episode, like we asked you to always be open-minded on our uh, non-medical medical advice, we're also yeah. asking you to be open-minded on our theological uh, views because you don't have to, you know, again, we're not trying to start a cult. No, but we just want you to be open and don't think, oh, God, oh, uh, uh, don't turn your nose up at us. Just listen. And we're saying there's no right or wrong way. Correct. Just don't be closed minded. That's the only rule. Don't be closed minded. Right. All we're saying is, you know, be true to you. And, and part of faith, no matter what your spirituality or your religion or what theology you're going to follow. I mean, faith is truly believing in something you can't see. Yes. So we're just asking everyone to have faith in whatever higher power you choose for yourself. Yes. And we are not judging on that. And we don't want you to judge us on that either. So you're going to be, we are, we told you we were a little hippy dippy about two episodes ago. So yeah, this is your warning. And if you've stuck with us this long, you yeah, might as well. You got, you got it. Dive on in. People. Dive on in, baby. The real dive. Deb, we're going to have a, a convo about wind that you don't want to miss. You do not want to miss. I've had several experiences of my own. And as a matter of fact, I have a very good friend who is a Reiki master. And she is a very spiritual person. She is uh, her uh, uh, Native American is her religion and her belief. She's Wiccan also. And she can, um, she's offered to be a guest host with us oh, because she yeah. has her own personal experiences with a wind talker and with oh, elements. We should ask her. We should yeah. have her. Raven. Blast oh. Raven. Oh, mm -hmm. I love that. I don't want to, that's, you know, that's my dog's name, I but because I love the name. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because she chose uh, the Raven. Um, as a matter of fact, a shaman, a Native American shaman gave her the name Raven. It's one of her totems. You know, ravens are very prevalent in her life. But yeah, she would love to be in on the mysticism. Yeah, we've got some discussions about wind. For me personally, the kind of path I'm going to travel down next time is nature. Nature is very spiritual to me. It's the time I felt the smallest in my life. Yes. It has a, to do with nature. And the time I felt the most powerful in my life has to do with nature. Me too. So we want to um, bring that into the spirituality and mysticism that we're going to talk about on the next podcast. Yes. Most of my favorite moments are having to do with my connection to nature. Mm. In fact, one night, it's it's one of my favorite stories, and then we'll wrap up, and then we'll, we'll save everything else for the next one, but... Um, if Deb agrees with me on that. But. Yeah, that's fine. At the end, I want to say something too, because I have a little ending I want to do that I think what, my little call to action to people this time. But yeah, share with us. Oh, Andy. okay. I want to yes, hear about that. Um, <clears throat> having uh, to do with nature and something I've tried to, you know, share with my kids is when your problems feel, you know, so huge because you're trapped in your own head, just standing outside at night when you can see the stars and you instantly 
looking up at a sky feel in in a good way small that yes. there's so much infinite space out there that or nothing our problems are way bigger in our own heads than we think truly globally universally all of it and there was one night um it was clear you know hardly any clouds stars were gorgeous and I was so proud because my girls um grabbed a blanket and at night it was just me and them we were waiting on my husband to get home and they said mom come on we got this blanket come lay out in the front yard and let's look up at the stars together so right then now could I have made excuses did part of me want to say oh let's another night and I said oh no you asked me to do this we're doing it right now so we went out in the yard and we're laying there and it's gorgeous you know it's just amazing <clears throat> and we start laughing because here you know people are coming home from work and I'm like we probably look insane you know good like I said but who cares who cares and they're like oh I don't care you know I'm like okay good here Perfect. comes my husband pulling in and we're still laying out in the grass looking up at the stars and he could hear it you know but he couldn't tell where the voices were coming from and all of a sudden he looks and he's like and he says um oh god he goes there's my little witches he's like are you guys out in the yard looking up at the stars we're yes like, you know it yes we are mm -hmm. and he said well if i didn't have to shower because he works in the medical field so he comes home and showers instantly but he would have came out there and joined us i know it and just the the fact of that took five or ten minutes and that'll be something i always remember is take the five minutes and look at the stars with your kids completely be in the moment who cares could i have said oh the car's driving down the street they saw us laying there who cares i had my pajamas on i mean you know <laughs> with mismatching socks like perfect who perfect. cares that's what we're talking about is that's a connect to that kind of about. stuff absolutely um i would like to end today danny by my call to action today comes from martha beck who i'm sure most of you know from O. She's a life coach. She does a lot of work with Oprah Winfrey. She was on the O Magazine. She's on O Network, yada, yada. And, and this is, I think, a tool that everyone can use. And I have shared this with my 83-year-old aunt, with my 20-year-old nieces. Mm -hmm. Everybody can, and, and my call to action is to you today, is if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed with anything, what, what you have to do? Do I need to get the laundry? We're going to have to work. Is it just the life things that we're all like, oh, we got to do this. Where's the list? We got to do what we got to do. I, I can't deal with that because most of our fear comes about not what is happening right now, but what may happen. Yes. What's going to happen. Yeah. Can I handle what's going to happen? That's where a lot of people's fears come from. And it's five, four, three, two, one. Very simple. Five, four, three, two, one. Five things you can see, 
four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. So it's five, four, three, two, one. It relates to your five senses. You think about it kind of in a moment. All you ever have to deal with in your life, people, is the five, four, three, two, one. There's nothing else outside of what you see, smell, feel, hear, and taste that you will ever be able to control, ever. Love it. Five, four, Love three, it. two, one. And then it pulls you right back in to the reality of why am I worrying about what my brother's going to say about this? Or why am I worrying about what my husband's going to do over here? Or, oh my God, is the, are my kids going to pass their eighth grade spelling? You know, whatever. Yes. Because here's what you can control. Five, four, three, two, one. Say That's the it. senses again for me. Okay. It's five things you can see. Let's do it. Okay. Right now. Okay. It's five things you can see. So you just kind of think them in your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Four things you can hear. Now, sometimes I only hear two or three. I was going to say that's. I can hear cars outside. I can hear the fan of like my heater. Right. I hear the television. Well, this is messing me up right now. But normally, right. yeah, I can still hear like the football game. So you would probably hear children laughing mm -hmm. or screaming or fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Three things you can feel. Now, to me, that's a tangible thing. I'm touching my favorite palm plant right now, my ponytail palm I've had for years. I'm touching the smoothness of my journal, the coldness of my wine glass. Yes. You know, to me, it's things that's tangible. That's feel. Two things you can smell. Well, usually in my house, it's marijuana and cigarettes, candles and incense. I mean, it's really four. Marijuana, cigarettes, candles and incense. That's what you smell. You know, I've got my little incense burning, my candles burning. Can you smell things, Danny? Um, I can smell my little um, candle diffuser that went off back oh, nice. there from earlier. Okay. And you know, you may not at times. Okay, let's do the last. And one. myself, I don't know if that's good <laughs> or not. I can smell myself. <laughs> and the last one is one thing you can taste. Now, for me, of course, mine's going to be usually when I'm drinking. So wine, water, you know, Kool-Aid. I drink a lot of Kool-Aid, sugar-free Kool-Aid. So it's basically your senses. It's see, hear, feel, taste, and smell. I got to write these down. Okay. That's, so I'm going to tell the girls this. It's see, hear, feel, smell, and taste. Yep, that's so it's your five that. senses. And the point to remember is once you kind of look at them all, then you try to, in your mind, hold them all simultaneously, which means you're really just taking in all of your senses and what's directly right with you. And that's all you ever have to deal with in your life. All the other stuff is bullshit that we put on ourselves. Yes. This is all we can control right here. And when you do that, you go, she recommends that you, you think in your mind, just this, this is all I have to deal with, just this. Yes. And you kind of repeat that to yourself. Again, this is comes from Martha Beck. This is not me. She's a life coach. She writes an O. Um, she's fantastic. I always read her articles. I, you know, look her up on Instagram and whatnot. Um, but I think it's interesting that that's it. 
everything else we do. So my call to action to anybody listening out there is when you feel overwhelmed, you five, four, three, two, one it. Yep. Because that's what you can control is what's right here. You know? See, and that's so good. And my husband's awesome at that. He is like in the moment right now. He's not worried about yesterday. He's not worried about tomorrow. He's not worried about 15 minutes from now. He is right now. I'm all over. I mean, and he had told me a quote that someone told him, which I think plays on the same lines Perfect. of five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. Which is, and I'm going to Google it real quick. That's fine. We're calling you to so action good. people. We're calling you to action people. And just as a side note, why Danny looks that up, I'm going very eighties with this slicked back on one side and all day on over here. I'm oh, I very, love it. Um, you know, very eighties hair kind of do. I feel like flock of seagulls almost if I'd spike it up higher, like on one side. <laughs> Just very 80s band. No, I absolutely love it. Mm. Danny's always fantastic. Okay, here here's kind of the gist. Okay. okay. Depression is living in the past. Mm. Anxiety is living in the future. Peace is living in the present. I love that. Who said that? It doesn't we have, have a who quote? said it. But I, I'll find who said it. We'll throw it up on our Facebook page, which yes. is the real dive in. But I, I had to even say it to myself a couple, like, oh my God. Okay. Yes. Depression is living in the past. Anxiety. Anxiety is living in the future. And peace is living in the present. Right. That's absolutely perfect. It, perfect it i thought it went with when you said the five well it does things. because the anxiety uh, like we said it's about what may or may not happen most people's anxiety about is what might happen yes that's why you go to the, the future that's why you're anxiety because you're worried about what might quite happen yeah yeah well, all right people we had a great time with you today we're hoping you come back for our next podcast which is we're really going to dive in deep to spirituality and mysticism and how it's affected us in the uh year of 2020 and COVID. yes and until then your call to action is be in the moment live in the moment and cut yourself some slack and play with some fucking play-doh and get out the crayons perfect hey, be a Let's kid talk. for a little bit with That's your our, kids, without your kids, whatever. That's our call to action. And we would love to see you again. You can hit us on Facebook at The Real Dive In. Or Danny, what's our email address? Uh, same, The Real Dive In at gmail.com. All right. We hope to hear from you. All right. Bye. Yeah. Oh my God. We hope you dove a little you deeper girl. today. Remember to love yourself more, accept yourself more, forgive yourself more, and laugh at yourself more. Have a great day. And until next time, keep treading life's waters. Yep. Sometimes we feel like we're sinking. Sometimes we're great at swimming through the bullshit. Either way, don't forget, you've got this. If you or someone you know are struggling emotionally, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. It's free and confidential. 
There's no shame in needing help or asking for help and know that D&D are sending a lot of love your way. Yes, always. Till next time. Dive right on in.